0: I'm Halima Atta, and welcome back to another episode of A Little Perspective. So, on the show's Instagram page, which you should definitely go follow, it's at a little purse podcast. I announced a new two part series on social media. So, if you read the caption, you would know that this episode will mark the first part of it. I know they're not like a huge deal, but I love doing two part specials because they give me more time to elaborate and further explore topics that are usually too complex for me to cover in one episode, so they give me more time to ramble. The last time I did one was almost exactly three months ago on flaws of the school system, and to this day, that is one of my favorite topics I've ever researched on the show. With that being said, I should probably introduce the topic of today's series, which is social media. The majority of us have it, we use it on a constant basis, so most of us are familiar with it. And this isn't just an assumption I've made. In 2019, 79% of the US population had a social networking profile. As of that same year, there were approximately 247 million US social media users. If anything, that data shows me that social media is becoming increasingly prevalent, now more than ever. It's hard for me to even think of one person I know in my life who doesn't have any form of social media, not even like Facebook or YouTube or something. However, with this online database or or system, I guess you could say, which is composed of a ton of different websites and apps, comes a sea of issues. Which is exactly why I wanted to talk about it. Whether the toxicity or false information spread on it, social media houses a lot of different issues that affect many different groups of people. But with the new popularity of influencers, opportunities to generate money and perhaps an income, things like cancel culture, and valuable internet drama, social media continues to gain users, bringing an emergence of new ways to gain traction and have a chance at being successful. So social media is harmful, but can bring opportunity. It can be toxic, but can boost people's popularity and success to enormous levels. So continue listening to explore and learn all about social media what it brings, my thoughts on everything associated with it, and why it continues to prosper despite the negatives. So I always like to start off my episodes with a brief definition of the topic, regardless of my familiarity with it, because there's always something new to learn. According to Oxford Languages, aka the website that comes up when you search something on Google, social media can be defined as websites and applications that enable users to create and share content or to participate in social networking. It's pretty self-explanatory, so you can produce and share content. So for example, posting videos on YouTube or pictures on Instagram and then interacting with other people through that, so maybe like commenting on someone's post, liking it, following them, etc. If characteristics like those can be observed in a website or an app, it's social media, most likely. Anyways, I don't want to spend too much time on the research element of this topic because it's boring and too, I'm pretty sure most of us are familiar with social media in general. So to move on to the negatives associated with social media and basically the entire topic of today, I think the main issue that social media brings is a newfound sense of insecurity for a lot of people, whatever that may be. Which brings me to the first point, online toxicity. It's really easy to pretend you're something or someone you're not on these platforms and swindle your audience into believing you live a certain lifestyle. For example, there are many Instagram models who are paid to go on trips and travel and promote like brands, with the most popular types being clothing brands, bikini lines, jewelry companies, I dunno. And because they only post the most exciting parts of their lives, their brand deals, trips, stuff like that, people are led to believe that this is their everyday reality when it's most likely not. And due to the abundance of people like this on social media, we're led to believe that this lifestyle is attainable and one that we should all be seeking. In the process, a lot of us are also influenced to believe that anything less than that perfection we see in their post isn't desirable or shouldn't be a goal. And I know a lot of people listening are probably going to be like, that's not true. People don't think like that, but they do. I've seen it. I've actually been observing this mindset a lot on TikTok in the past few days. There is a trend going around that really seems to be the peak of privilege where a person will type something like my greatest fear is this or like my greatest fear is having this future and that's just a married couple with kids and a dog that live in the suburbs like a family with a stable income and a job oh my gosh imagine wanting imagine wanting that imagine wanting a stable income in a family that is so scary nine out of ten times when whoever makes those videos when they're met with justified backlash they defend themselves with I want to travel the world, or I want to be an influencer, or it's okay to dream big and not want that kind of boring life. Those statements prove that social media and its toxicity are working perfectly. See, a lot of users get so caught up in this fake, desirable social media lifestyle and genuinely believe that what they see on their explore page can and will happen to them or be them to the point where anything that is not that is seen as boring or scary or something that shouldn't be a goal, which is clearly very harmful. And there's nothing wrong with dreaming big having goals for yourself, but one, be realistic and two, there is something wrong with tearing down lifestyles that aren't commonly sought after on social media and by doing that, a fake illustration of success is created. Not to mention, depending on the content that someone creates, they can either be the cause of these insecurities and harmful mindsets going around, or the ones gaining those insecurities, with the latter typically being consumers, people like me, normal people with no millions of followers. To kind of segue into my next point, the result of this fake aspect of social media brings another issue, an obsession with attractiveness, conventional attractiveness should I say, Obviously, these Instagram models, for example, I know I referenced them already, but oh well, they're chosen for their look, for their aesthetics. So they all possess the conventionally attractive face, perfect body, popularity, etc. And it's something that a lot of people want to mimic, that they want to become. Because when this whole, like, influencer popularity celebrity image is thrown around social media as if it's something that's really easily attainable people will want it and they will do anything to go after it and that obsession well yeah that's an obsession that's clearly unhealthy and again a lot of people like to think well i'm not obsessed with my face or like attractiveness or my looks but social media is to blame for a lot of our insecurities for example there are tiktok trends Like such as like rate me. I've seen these on my for you page. Yes, they are real. I didn't want to believe that they were not satire because it was very creepily reminiscent of trends that people would post in like sixth grade. Like rate me one through ten. Rate me one through ten. And people are serious about it. And this is what it really kind of showcases to me that social media has this huge impact on how we view ourselves. Before I joined TikTok, I did not think anything of like my side profile, for example. And then the side profile trend became a thing. And all of a sudden I'm insecure about my side profile, which is a very oddly specific insecurity. Like that's something that most people are not thinking about. But thanks to social media, it's something that I hate about myself. That wasn't a thought of mine before. And of course, this ties into the bigger picture these trends that we see on tiktok on instagram everywhere simply create more insecurities which cause people to buy into things to combat these insecurities which are conveniently enough usually products that these in- ideal lifestyle creators promote oh you did that tiktok trend where you show your side profile and began comparing yourself to others and developed a new insecurity pertaining to your nose shape come buy my nose roller product that i sell and market through my vacation pics in dubai That was a very oddly specific example, but you get what I mean with this. It's just an endless cycle of that social media pioneers thrive off of, and it's responsible for their paychecks, so I don't blame them. And to combat this promotion of a fake lifestyle, there are those who rally for Instagram to become casual. I don't know who's heard of this. I asked my little sister, she didn't, but she's also 13 and not on Instagram yet, but There's this trend going around all over social media, well, Instagram, obviously, to make Instagram casual, meaning no more pictures of you looking perfect or no more planned out feeds as a way to fight against this fakeness that social media promotes. So basically, this whole trend campaign is constituted by people posting pictures that go against the norm, what's usually accepted on Instagram, which is pictures of yourself looking at your most best ever So that's for a lot of people, that's just pictures of them like, I don't know, talking like mid-sentence or like mid-air or going grocery shopping, eating dinner, something like that. That's casual. I'm putting air quotes up. Ironically enough, though, this is widely hypocritical. People are putting in effort to make their feeds look casual, which is just fake in itself. I know this isn't part of the official like hashtag make Instagram casual thing, but I've seen it a lot on YouTube with the more relatable YouTubers. That's a whole like aesthetic like category, subcategory I guess of YouTube. YouTubers that are relatable. I think the most popular example of this is Emma Chamberlain. No slander towards her will be accepted here. This is not me hating on her because I'm a huge fan. I'm, I'm a huge fan. So no slander here towards Emma Chamberlain. But she is known for being, <laughs> she is known for being a really popular like relatable YouTuber meaning like she used to go to school and vlog her being at school she goes to school like she's relatable or she used to talk about how much she loves like junk food and how she feels like fat like oh my gosh like she's relatable like i like pizza you know like that that's a whole like subcategory of social media the people who swear that they're relatable and while it might be it's created a whole new aesthetic in itself and aesthetics are not relatable Putting an effort to make your page or your account, your feed, seem like something, seem like all one theme is not relatable because my life is all not one filter. My life isn't all just me eating pizza in a bathtub. I don't know if I referenced that already, but like, you know, it seems relatable to people when in reality, it's just another aesthetic and part of a bigger fake social media picture because I'm not eating pizza in my bathtub every day or posing in shopping carts in the chip aisle at Publix every day most of my days are constituted by me doing homework or and that another thing i do homework i'm so stressed out at like that's another like relatable aesthetic look and when you put together all of these posts all of these captions all of this whole theme when you make it a theme It's no longer casual, it's no longer relatable, it's just an aesthetic and it's just like what Instagram was intended to be. Because in reality, that theme of all success and no failure, where people only post their accomplishments or most exciting parts of their life, is the entire basis of Instagram. It's not real. So by posting pictures of you posing in a shopping cart or literally just eating junk food to appear more relatable, you're putting in effort to display some kind of aesthetic, which is the entire basis of social media. Instagram isn't being made casual, it's being used as it was intended to be. So as I mentioned before, social media apps like Instagram, YouTube, thrive off of users' insecurities to market desirable lifestyles and in turn, their products. Of course, this generates money which goes to not only the developers of these products but those doing the marketing, influencers. As previously stated, there were approximately 247 million US social media users as of 2019. That's a lot of people which means more consumers and more business opportunity. Which brings me to my focal point. With the increasing prevalence of social media comes opportunity. It's really all one huge business constituted by consumers, so users like me who aren't super popular, marketing specialists, the influencers, and companies. So because of social media's popularity, it's now seen as a viable career path influencer, YouTuber, online personality, TikToker, you name it. So based on my knowledge of social media, with monetization, basically people that have a certain following, like amount of followers or whatever on an app are able to get monetized through it, whether through ads, endorsements, brand deals, etc. So people would be paid just to feature a product in one of their videos, or one of their TikToks, or one of their Instagram posts and tagging or mentioning the company that produces that product. And they'll get money for it. They'll literally get paid for it. That's the way I see it across all of the social media apps with um, apps like YouTube, for example, they're able to get monetized through ads. I think it's called AdSense. So once you reach a certain following, I'm not sure of the logistics, but once you reach a, cer- once you reach a certain following, I'm pretty sure you're able to get monetized through ads that YouTube places at the start of your videos. So with monetization being something that a lot of influencers, social media users are able to qualify for with a certain following it produces people with an incentive to continue to use these platforms which brings the companies more money so it's all a cycle of people making as much content as they can in effort in an effort to gain a bigger following so that they can get paid to endorse products which also brings success to the social media apps which people are doing these promotions through like youtube tiktok instagram twitter etc to go back to reality though Achieving an influencer status that can provide a solid income is not easily attainable. Although marketed as such, it's really not. Because of how that fake, perfect influencer lifestyle is observed everywhere and marketed as something anyone can do if they just post enough, a lot of people have been led to believe that it's easy to achieve and that this amount of followers, like 10k or something, will bring you money immediately. When it's not the reality, because I've actually seen this on TikTok, yes, yes, I reference this app a lot. I spend a lot of my free time on here. Oh, well, I've seen a lot of influencers, I guess, on TikTok that have like millions of followers on there who have said that they're not making any money from it. And then I've also seen people that have the same amount of followers or maybe even less that have brand deals. So it really depends, honestly. But generally speaking, it's not very easily attainable. Key example, Charlie D'Amelio. A TikToker with over a hundred million followers on the app who rose to fame after posting some dance videos around fall 2019-ish that went viral. The truth is, there are a lot of talented dancers out there who might even be more skilled than Charlie professionally speaking, who do not have that following. No hate to Charlie though. I'm basically a fan. No hate here. No slander. But the truth is. It takes a certain amount of luck to be able to successfully win over the algorithm of these apps and to generate a following, because once Charlie gained traction out of talent and attractiveness and mainly luck, she started doing endorsements, brand deals, and now has a net worth of probably well over a million dollars, all from social media, and with this management that she has, this money could sustain her life. But as I said, this all takes a lot of luck. And due to social media's narrative that anyone can easily be an influencer or an online celebrity, a lot of people buy into this trap, spend money, and end up just helping this idea thrive, this harmful idea thrive. A lot of people start YouTube channels thinking that they'll be the next Emma Chamberlain because they're relatable and then flop. Of course, social media pioneers don't want to say that luck is a huge role in success online, and they'll attribute failure to the famous statement that is, you're not working hard enough. And this really isn't the case because there are a lot of people that probably work insanely hard who do not generate this type of following who don't become social media viral or famous and it's not because they're not hardworking, but rather because they just didn't beat the algorithm they don't have that dash of luck that they need and when talking about monetization and earning money or a stable income etc money in general through social media it's important to note that social media is not forever it's temporary, which leaves mega-famous influencers maybe a little irrelevant after it flops, but still able to generate money and get other opportunities. For the smaller ones who are able to flex like 10 to 100,000 TikTok followers or something, their money ends there, it just stops. Their followers are merely a, a number or like a good icebreaker at a party. And this isn't just me talking off the top of my head of what I think is going to happen when TikTok fades into obscurity. I've seen it before because before TikTok was TikTok, it was Musical.ly, which everyone used. It was so popular among the middle schoolers, maybe, I don't know. I had it, all of my friends had it. It was, it was it. If you don't, Musical.ly, you probably weren't an owner of a phone. But yeah, it was super popular and I thought that it was going to last forever. It flopped. After a certain amount of time, a year or so, nobody was on it anymore. Obviously, there were users on it, but it was super unpopular. In fact, if you were still on Musical.ly, it was, like, uncool. So the people that had a huge following, like some of the bigger people on that app with, like, 40 million followers... They were able to maybe lose relevance, of course, but they were still able to gain opportunities to make money, to save money. And they later came back into popularity when TikTok became a thing. For the people that boasted 100,000 followers that we all thought was a lot, they just faded into obscurity and weren't able to build up the same um, followers that they had when Musical.ly was popular after TikTok became a thing. They were not able to generate money or endorsement deals, brand deals, Anymore meaning that social media fame and social media in general is temporary and you shouldn't be basing your sole Income on it if you're not a mega influencer celebrity, which is again only like the top tiny only like the top 1% of Social media influencers. So as I just stated, this is why social media is only a great source of income for the top percent of users who are able to make it big People who miss that mark by a few million followers end up spending way too much time, and even money, trying to reach that status, which will not work for everyone, because if it did, influencers wouldn't be anything special. Everyone would be one, and that label would just be rendered useless. This again promotes an endless cycle of toxicity and insecurity and all that stuff which clouds the fact that those who become famous on platforms like YouTube and Instagram were helped by a lot of luck. This is what makes apps like TikTok stand out. You don't have to be insanely lucky to go viral at least once. To become a mega famous influencer, yes, but generally speaking, almost anyone can go viral on that app, which is why it's so popular. It's for regular, normal people. I have friends who have gone viral with one of their videos. One of my friends got like over like 200k, 500k actually, so like over half a million likes on one of their TikToks. That they probably didn't expect to go fame, like to go viral. They were noticed by like popular creators, and I could say the same for a lot of people I know. I also have a friend who was able to go. I didn't know where these followers on Instagram came from. One day, I just looked at her account, and she had like 12k followers on Instagram. I was like, "Whoa, where did that come from?" And um, it appeared that her TikTok had gained a lot of traction. She had like over 130k followers on there, which sounds like a big number, but like in the grand scheme of like TikTok it doesn't qualify for like a mega influencer, but it's definitely like a notable accomplishment, I guess. And so she had definitely beaten the algorithm. she gotten that luck and she gained a following on there, which is why she had like 12K on Instagram. Through that, she was able to do like brand deals promoting like these bikini companies who were like, okay, she's an influencer, which is really cool for her. And that just shows you that TikTok is why, that's why a lot of people like TikTok. It's relatability. It's for normal, regular people who might not be able to make it extra big on YouTube, but who are able to make it on TikTok because it's for normal people. And the fact that I have friends, that I know people who have literally gone viral on TikTok or who have gained enough of a following on that app to the point where they can endorse brands and gain a following on other apps like Instagram, that just shows the efficiency of this fake life of social media in general. Do you think that these influencers really whiten their teeth every single day with their NovaShine kit in front of their mirror while conveniently posting on Instagram just for fun? No, it's all fake. And again, the fact that the people promoting these products and gaining these followings are people that I literally know that I've talked to is why this whole scheme is so successful. People think that it could be them, that the next viral person will be them because they've seen it. And it could be true for some, but for others, it's not. And others are the vast majority of consumers. But of course, with a large social media following comes people who will be able to nitpick many details of your life, perhaps bringing some undesirable things to light. This is what we all know as cancel culture. I know a lot of people have many different thoughts on this. I didn't want to spend too much time on it because I feel like we're all familiar with it. But what I will say is that cancel culture isn't as harmful as many people like to paint it as because that's a whole different thing. For example, I think that the difference between cancel culture and deplatforming is huge and it's something that a lot of people don't talk about. For example, cancel culture is somebody getting like caught doing something awful in the past or maybe something just that's undesirable and then like it becomes it becomes brought to light for all of their fans or followers maybe they lose a little bit of followers maybe they don't and they just become a meme for example there was a tiktoker there's a lot of them that said the n-word when he was younger a white person and that video came to light and no he did not lose followers for it instead he became known as a meme I don't know about like the other backlash that that person received that could have taken a, like that could have caused their mental health to take a hit. I'm not sure about that. But as far as the public eye is concerned, cancel culture is something that is more of a meme type thing. It's not as harmful as deplatforming, which is more effective. And while yes, actually cancel culture is harmful to the mental health of the people that it's affecting. It's sometimes just fun, and it's sometimes not because the public eye never knows the full details of a certain story. But what I'm getting to is that it's not effective. Cancel culture is widely ineffective. The people that get quote unquote canceled don't lose a lot of followers. They're not deplatformed, which is the way it should be because there's a fine line between somebody becoming a meme for something distasteful they did when they were like 13 or like a tweet that they tweeted when they were like 12 versus being deplatformed for a literal crime. For example, there are actually like pedophiles running around TikTok who are disguised as like people with millions of followers. This is real. It's not even satire. They're not. They're seen as people that are canceled, but they don't lose followers for it, for committing literal crimes. They're not deplatformed, which I think is the method that a lot of these social media, like people following these influencers influencers should take. Instead of just making somebody the butt of a joke or the the basis of a meme to follow them throughout their entire life, deplatform them, which means stop talking about them. I don't want to spend way too much time on this, but to put into one sentence, deplatforming is the most efficient way to quote unquote cancel somebody. By making them irrelevant, you're making them fade into obscurity, which takes away all of their brand deals and which takes away their stable source of income, which teaches a much greater lesson a much more effective lesson than making somebody the butt of a joke or an online meme. But I think the best piece of advice for people scared of getting cancelled, if any of those people are listening to this episode in particular, don't do insanely distasteful things and you will have nothing to fear. With that being said, social media is a very complex system of apps and websites designed to make you feel bad about your life. And if you end up developing insecurities or feeling the need to make your feed look like a certain aesthetic. It's working the way it was intended to. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you were able to learn a little bit about social media and the behind the scenes of it all. And make sure to tune in next Thursday for a new episode, also known as the second part to the series, where I will be interviewing a very special influencer guest. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next week on A Little Perspective.